Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, Vachanik. That's the one, Vachanik. Do you know what, though? When I speak to guys that are from where my name is, Serbia or wherever it is, uh, I just know it's Yugoslavia. They all say that it's not Vachanik. It's totally. So I'm saying it wrong, so don't go off what I say. I'm getting closer and more tiny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God. Yes, mate. I'm all good. I'm all good. All good. For, for months, yeah. When, uh, for one reason or another, we never kind of got around to it. My fault, probably. Yeah. We like, oh, we're um, so, just for anyone who's not seen this series before, it is completely different to what we uh, what we do with the other shows. It's unique, and basically, what happens is we don't focus on a particular subject. We don't necessarily uh, focus on, you know, your career or MMA. It's uh, all yeah. questions. And all the subjects are sent in by the people. Nothing is off limits. There's no censors. 
There's no scripts other than the questions that I've pasted into this document. So uh, let's see what these guys came up with. But uh, first of all, we'll start with the quick fire questions. So all you do here is you just uh, say the first thing which comes to mind. Twenty-seven questions, and uh, away we go. So, uh, Daniel Cormier or John Jones? John Jones. Oasis or the Beatles? Neither. Oh, favorite, <laughs> favorite TV show? Don't watch TV. Jesus. Right. Uh, laziest training partner? Paddy Ashkar. And uh, Conor McGregor or Michael Bispin? Michael Bispin. And uh, yes. who is the greatest of all time when it comes to MMA? Khabib. Khabib, yeah. No, I don't know, actually, no. John Jones. I'll say John Jones. John Jones. And uh, lastly, what is the best film that you've ever seen? Um, A Star is Born. That's probably one of the only films I've ever watched, but I thought that was right. <laughs> so, there you go. You don't watch TV. That's, that's, that's an interesting talking point straight away. Right, well, I tell you, all I do is I sort of train. And when I'm not training, I've got my iPad and I'm watching UFC fights. And then I'm off to training again. Vice versa. That's why my girlfriend goes mad about it. She says, bloody, you're obsessed with that. You, you not ever get bored of it. I'm like, nah, not really. I just, ever since I started, uh, I've never been able to switch off from it. As weird as that sounds, though. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit of a weirdo. With telly, even if... Even if my missus is sitting watching telly. I'll be on my phone looking at in fighters' Instagrams or anything like that. So obsession, yeah, not so then, uh, yes. You know, all the make uh, it. You got to be in ya. Yeah, I think any any like top level elite sport, you have to be. You have to have that bit of an obsession about it because yeah. You know, you, if you look at the best footballers or the best, you know, best best athletes, best fighters, they've all got that bit of a obsession. Um, day in, day out. Just, yeah. yeah, you've got to, I think. It's, um, yeah. 100%. So I can see that. So before we get into the questions of the people, we'll learn a little yeah. bit about you. And uh, yeah. so just tell us a bit about you, like where you're from, maybe a bit about your upbringing, just how you got to where you are now. Um. So I'm born in Corby, which is classed as like uh, Little Scotland just because uh, everybody here seems to be Scottish. Um, all my family is Scottish. Then my dad's side were all Yugoslavian. Um, and yeah, I was raised by my mum, single mum. I was raised by her with another brother. Uh, he's the complete polar opposite to me. As in, in every way possible, he's just the opposite to me. Um, but yeah, I was always fighting when I was younger all the time. And, and not even like um, not even like and aggressive, not yeah, not like starting on people or being a bully or anything. I was just always in fights. As soon as like a fight situation would arise, I'd, that'd be it. I'd be like, yeah, hell, blah blah blah. So, uh, yeah, I've always just sort of been in it. And then um, it's, it's it's weird how I got into MMA. So I was on a computer. Like some of the some of the guys listening, I, I feel like I'm old saying it, but they won't even know what a bloody computer is because they've also got their phones and laptops. Blah blah blah. But I was on the computer. And I was on YouTube, and I can't even remember what I was watching, but 
how you've got your related bar at the bottom and I'm just clicking through it, clicking through it. And then randomly I see a, a, two people fighting in a cage and straight away I'm like, got my attention, switched on, I'm watching it. And I didn't even know what UFC was, I didn't even know what MMA was. I'm just seeing two people fighting. And the first ever fighter I watched, and I had to watch his whole journey going through, was randomly was Junior DeSantos. And Junior DeSantos, he's, he's an all right fighter, but I don't go out my way to watch him. But that's the very first fighter I, I um, found on YouTube. And then I was just addicted. As soon as I um, seen that at like 14, I was addicted to it until 17 when I first walked into a gym. But yeah, Junior DeSantos is the... So if I ever see him, I'll thank him and say, you're the only reason I'm doing this, really. So, so Junior Dos Santos was the catalyst for your, your MMA obsession. Yes. What, um, yes, I see what, what made you go from watching it to then deciding, right, I want to do this? So I was always fighting in school. Uh, and I was small. I was dead small in school. I think by the time I left school, I was like five foot three or something. I was dead lit. And I was probably about 60 kilos. Uh, probably even less than that, actually. That's me being good to myself. And then uh, left school, I was in college, and then uh, it's, a, it's a good story as well. So there was a local gym, and I was in it doing weights. And I was with my mate Tyler, and we are doing weights. Uh, then there's a door right at the bottom, and I looked through sort of one day, and people were in there hitting pads, and it was like a matted room. So I thought, why is Harold doing that thing? And he said, oh, yeah, they're doing MMA. Why don't you go in? And I was like, nah, he's like, oh, you love fighting. You should do it. And I was, like, I was like, yeah, maybe one day I'll go in. But I didn't sort of have the courage to go in by myself. And I was always in the gym and he'd always see me. Like, I'd always go out my way and look through that sort of window and see them all doing it. And then he goes to me one day, oh, you should just go in. And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. And then about a week later, he goes to me, I'm going to go into the MMA class, by the way, and do a session. You want to come with me? And I was like, yeah, go on then. I'll come with you. Mm -hmm. Did the class. After I loved it, said to him the next day, I sort of said, are you going to do it again? He said, no. So I didn't like it. So I only did it so you'd get your foot in the door sort of thing. So I always say that to him as well. Now, another thing, I always say to uh, uh, Tyler Mellon, his name is, I always say to him, like, I would never, ever have done it. And he never lets me get away with it either. He always says to me, yeah, you wouldn't even be doing it if it weren't for me. So he got my foot in the door. And when I was in there, I was hooked. And when I, I sort of jumped in sparring straight away, and they were saying to me, you've done something before again. I'm like, no, they're like, you've boxed or something. You've definitely done something. I'm literally like, I ain't. I think they thought I was this guy coming in with a background trying to beat everybody up. Yeah. Uh, but I was literally just, just raw, just raw, and just wanted to do it. That's wicked. Yeah, though. So, so when you when you were when you win your first world championship, whether it be in Cage Warriors or UFC, you'll have to give uh, yeah. Tyler a shout out, definitely, mate. Um, exactly, we have to give it to him. So that's kind of that's kind of cool. When did you start going to BST? Um, 14 fights in, I first went to BST. Um, and the funny thing is, so I, I say this to Danny, uh, I say this all the time to him now. So I was 14 and 0 when I first went to BST. I, I'd been traveling all over, here, there, and everywhere, learning everything I could. Blah, blah. Your sound's gone off, mate. Fuck. All right. Oh, you're gone again. Go out and come back in.
Sorry about that, mate. That's someone trying to call me. Um, yeah, I was going to say, if someone tries to call you, what'll happen is it'll, the sound will go off it. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know what you can do, really. Other than, like, there's not much. Just hang up on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so, uh, where was I? I know it was only two seconds ago. Um, um, so, yeah, you were... Oh, yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. going to BST. So, I, I'm 14, though. I go to BST, and uh, I went... Uh, I sort of went there. I went to BSC three times before I actually joined. I went there the first time. I got beat up. Left. Went there the second time. Got beat up. So third time I come, uh, I'd done my five fives MMA rounds and I'd lost every single round. I'm sitting on the cage after and I'm feeling sorry for myself. Danny's like to me, yeah, bloody far. I told you. You come here before. I told you you'd be really good. You go off. You come back. Like, you took one step forward, we took three, blah, 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 all this big thing. Like, give me a right good telling off. And I'm sort of there, like, thinking in my head. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to I'm gonna get really good. And I'm going to beat all these guys up. Because I used to, when I used to go, I used to write down who'd beat me in rounds. So, Ray beat me in a round. This person beat me in a round. I used to write it all down on my phone. And there were so many times they were beating, like, there was never times where I was beating them in rounds. They were all beating me constantly. So I thought, right, I'm going to stick to this place. I'm going to proper set it to myself. That's it. I'm staying here. First fight I had for BST, I, I lost it. So now I was 14 and 1. But then I thought to myself, it, it'd have been easy to go, oh, nah, that, that bloody wrong. I was winning. So I thought, nope, I'm going to stick at it, stay at this gym. And then, uh, yeah, the rest is history. Now I'm um, 30 wins and two losses altogether. And yeah, yeah two losses are not good. But um, yeah. Originally as well, with going BST, I didn't drive, so I had to go. It was a guy called Ryan Barbie and Dan Good. That's who used to drive. So wherever they went, I had to go. They wanted to go this yeah. gym. I had to go. I had no say in the matter. As soon as I got my own car, that was it. I was at BST full time. And I remember when I got it, Dan actually said to me, "We ain't going to see you again now, are you? You're going BST." And I was like, "Yep." And then mm -hmm. yeah, that's it. I've been there ever since. So um, just last thing before we go into the some of the stuff which people have sent in. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Cage Warriors, we talked about a little bit on the Danny Batten show, where we discussed, yeah. like, the Cage, they announced the three shows in Cage Warriors. Are you uh, still still looking to fight on one of those three days? Yes, hopefully. Hopefully, I'm booked for one of them. Uh, I just need to see see what happens. But, fingers crossed, I'll be on one of them days. It doesn't bother. Well, the 24th is my uh, year anniversary with my missus, so hopefully it's on that day and I can celebrate twice. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You'll be popular though. Like, yeah, can't can't go anywhere. I'm fighting. Yeah, so. Um, right. So the first subject that we got sent in was uh, Conor McGregor. What? Uh, yeah. What do you What do you think of Conor McGregor? What's the first thing which comes to your mind when when I say Conor McGregor to you? Just a just a proper superstar, and he? he did change the way the sport. He did change the way for all of us upcoming fighters. He was one of the sort of first um, fighters that I've like really looked up to and thought, yeah, he's the man. But as I've got older and as I realised some of the stuff he does, I've you go off of him as a sort of role model for it. I want to make as much money as him. I just don't want to be perceived as he's perceived by MMA fighters. The average show perceives him as being the man, but you sort of top MMA fighters, he ain't perceived as that. He's perceived as a bit of an arsehole. Yeah, I think for me, like the way I, the, the thing I look with him is I look at him up to that, uh, up to maybe the Aldo fight, where yeah. 
he literally dragged himself where his missus was supporting him. He had no money. He was on like benefits and he was scratching yeah. around for like finding money to go to the gym and money to eat. And he literally, with a combination of hard work and dedication and talent, like four yeah. or three cage warriors all the way up to the UFC. And then, you know, he took the UFC by storm. You can't deny like, I, yeah. it makes me laugh now where he's done some questionable things outside of the cage. And he's gone and had the match with Mayweather, and then he lost. You know, he's lost to Khabib. Yeah, but it does make me laugh that people kind of write off his ability as a as a fighter. Like when you look at some of the names that he's beaten, like yeah. he he starched one of the at the time someone who had been yeah. lost in an MMA bout was one of the best bantamweights on the planet. Um, yeah. and he starched him in like thirty seconds. Um, He's an and, and like even when he lost to Diaz, he came back and fought him. And like he fought Diaz, people forget he fought a weight up. You know, he, yeah, Diaz had, had a big a size advantage, and like he fought wrestlers like Chad Mendes, and people said, "Oh, as soon as he fights a wrestler, you know, he'll he'll flop." And I know, you know, he went on, obviously he went on to lose to Khabib, but everyone loses to Khabib. It's what people yeah. forget. And I think sometimes yeah. people don't give Conor McGregor the the athlete. You know, if you separate the athlete from the from the persona yeah. outside of the cage, I think people uh, don't give him enough credit. It, and it, the guy's a, a freak athlete, yeah, an animal, one-punch knockout power, that low weight class, not a lot of people have got that. Um, and just the way he, the way he just perceived himself in in the beginning and come across it was just crazy like but yeah yeah so you can't and and if any fighters up and coming are like oh fuck conor mcgregor blah 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 you think like nah he's the one that's gonna get he's the one that's uh, fighters are complaining now about their pays in the ufc they would, would get loads less if it weren't for yeah. conor mcgregor so imagine yeah. how much they'd be complaining then he changed the game didn't he for for fighters in exactly. terms of how much money they earn um, and I think, in many ways, like I look at it and I look at the the way he changed the game, and like yeah. I think people forget that like this ESPN deal which the UFC's got now, it's been. I think that's one of the reasons why McGregor's kind of fallen out a bit with the UFC because he knows yeah. that if they weren't, if they didn't have all their pay per view money up front from ESPN, they yeah. would need. Conor McGregor and John Jones and these people fighting twice a year because yeah. they sell millions of pay-per-views. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Conor McGregor and John Jones, they get a massive or a good percentage of that and that's how they make their money. And I think yeah. unfortunately the ESPN deal has kind of given the power back to the UFC a bit, I think, because yeah, they've already yeah, got the money. So they don't really, you know, they're not bothered about, you know, they're still putting on great fights, but because ESPN will moan. But from yeah. a, like, I think Conor McGregor, John Jones, Cormier, Khabib, he's, you know, the top, top stars, they had a bit of leverage yeah. whereby they would know when the UFC had maybe gone a couple of months without having a, you know, a really top selling pay-per-view. Yeah. So they've and got they a bit of leverage. There, haven't they? Yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah, and get the fights they want again. So, yeah, I'm going to list off some of these names, which... Uh, which Conor McGregor fought, and 
when you look at it on paper, incredible. So just the UFC names. Uh, he fought Mendez, Aldo, yeah. Diaz yeah. twice, Eddie yeah. Alvarez. So Mendez was the wrestler who was going to trouble him, beat him, yeah, comfortably. Yeah, uh, Jose yeah. Aldo, thirty seconds, job done. Lost to Diaz, but then comfortably, I thought won three two in rounds in the second fight. Um, yeah, Eddie Alvarez again. People said you know Eddie Alvarez was at the top of his game. Eddie Alvarez yeah. done, done nothing since he faced Conor McGregor. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie Alvarez. I remember when I was watching it as well, I'd sort of been sucked into the hype of Eddie Alvarez of like, oh, this guy like gets hurt and comes back and wins all the time. And then McGregor just made it look easy. And you just think like, I remember when I, I watched that fight live, I remember just thinking to myself like, like, wow, that is great. He just did it so easy. The whole yeah. thing. Just landing it. And it was fear, especially the, the finish. Fear, mate, when, um, when Alvarez got hit first, the first yeah. time he took a proper shot on the chin, you could see like in his eyes, he was like, oh, He's yeah, well, he said power. in the interview after, didn't he? He said in the interview, he said, I didn't even know what he hit me with. So I just knew he hit me. And I sort of thought, what the fuck's he just hit me with? But yeah, yeah, even the finishing combo, when it's like the left hand, then he steps back the left hand again, you just think, like, it's crazy. Precision, isn't it? Yeah. He's, um, yeah. You know, and, and, and people say, like, about the Khabib fight, but every, you know, everyone loses to Khabib. Everyone. Um, yeah. And I, I can't wait for the Khabib versus um, Gaethje fight. I think that oh, yeah. if that ends up happening, that'll be amazing. Um, I also, I've said this, people give me stick for it all the time. I want to, I do want to see a Connor rematch if Connor comes back uh, as fit and motivated as he was versus Cerrone, because yeah. when he fought Cerrone, you could see the motivation was back, like back to where it was when he fought yeah. Eddie Alvarez. Like people forget as well. Is uh, Donald Cerrone was about months before he, or say a year before he fought Conor McGregor, was on like an insane winning streak of um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? He was beating. He had, he was on a really big winning streak. He was doing really well. People were talking about him maybe getting title shots, and 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 McGregor came off his long layoff, and and then smoked them easy again. Yeah, and it was easy. Like again, yeah. though, like the Alvarez fight, mate. I felt like he, um, once he got hit, I think it was the kick, and then those shoulders in the clinch as well. He didn't yeah. know what he didn't know where to go from there. Like it's insane. Well, I had someone message me, one of my friends, and say, "Oh, mate, I'm going to put fifty pounds on Cerrone. What do you think?" And I just said, "Don't do it." I said, it, and he says, "Oh, why? Why? Why do you think Cerrone's an animal? McGregor's been off for I said, "Listen, McGregor shows up." better than anybody else does on the night and when it comes to the big fights Cerrone seems to not show up on the night yeah, and then every message, he messaged me sort of two minutes after saying fastest 50 pounds I've ever lost in my life I was like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah Cerrone unfortunately does uh, seem to have that in him that when it comes to those big 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 fights he just, just don't show up be able to get it in nah. just get it I don't know whether it's a psychological thing or, or what I just can't get it right. Um, yeah. What are you like before fights? Do you get nervous? Yeah. Do you know what? I get nervous at two points. I get nervous when I first get given the opponent. Like, I'm a weirdo. I'm, like, shaking watching their YouTube videos. Uh, I get nervous then, and then I get nervous when it, it's sort of, yeah, one more fight and you're on next, and I'm a bit like, all right, all right, all right. But um, by the time I sort of get in there, 
I'm all right. Like, I'll do a thing. If you, you notice now, I say this on my fight. So I walk up to the cage and then I always pause for a second before I step in because for my first sort of four, my first fight, I didn't think about it too much. So I was fine. And then my second, third, fourth, um, it was like a weird thing. It was as I stepped into the cage, it was as if the cage just zapped everything out of me and my legs went jelly legs. As soon as I stepped on that canvas, it was like, oh, my legs just went. Uh, so the fifth time I remember I stopped and I sort of thought, right, right, thought, here we go. I stepped on and I remember there was no, no fear, no, no heavy legs, no nothing that no, didn't zap my energy. Yeah. And I remember from that moment, I thought I'm always going to pause just before I step in and sort of just remind myself, look, you used to get jelly legs when you walk in here. Now you walk in and you're like, you're like, you're the man, you're the king. You can just do it now. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, now you say that, I'll walk right up to it dead quick. I'll stop for a split second, and then I'll step in. And it's just reminding myself, you used to be scared before you stepped in here. Now, you now like, it's yeah. do or die. Like, you don't care anymore. Compose, composing yourself, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, I know how hard I train. So, when I get in there, I know I've left it all. If, if I lose, I've lost. Mm. I, I, I can't. I, 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 I've lost twice now, and as weird as it sounds, I sort of come to terms with you're going to lose sometimes. Whereas yeah. before, I used to so like, oh, I can't lose, I can't lose, I can't lose. Now I sort of come to terms with, look, like if I'm going to, I'm going to give it all I've got, and I'm going to give it my all to win. But if I don't, it's, it's, this is just this is just a game. Sometimes it's MMA. I'm, uh, someone said before, if you you ain't lost, you ain't fighting the right people. Uh, and my losses have been my biggest lessons. To be fair, not that I don't want any more lessons. I don't make up and saying I want any more lessons. I want all the wins. But yeah, uh, it, the thing is, mate, there's I so many ways. It's like life in general. You learn more from your mistakes than your successes at the yeah. end of the day. And like, yeah, exactly. I say that to my kids all the time. Like I've learned so much more from the times I've fucked up than I have when yeah. things are going well and done really good. Like, but. Well, if I do a hundred things wrong in a fight and I win it, I probably am only going to pick out five of them things that I've done wrong. If I do a hundred things wrong and I lose, I'm going to pick out all a hundred things wrong yeah, that I've yeah, done. So, so when yeah. we had um, when we had Jack Shaw on um, before, you can check out his unscripted, uncensored, but also we had him on the Danny Brown show again, and um, yeah. Danny was asking him about the um, his unbeaten streak. Obviously, he's unbeaten in everywhere; he's never lost. But like, what I mean. What I'm getting at is, you mentioned it there, like you've lost twice, and before you lost, it was a big thing. Whereby, yeah. if you lost, it was like the end of the world. And I do think, like Danny was asking Jack about, does it add an extra pressure that you're you're not just fighting the fight and trying to work your way up, you know, to a UFC yeah. top ten place, but you're also defending this this undefeated streak, which comes with another set of pressure. Like in yeah. fairness, you know, to Jack, I don't know if you've ever kind of watched his interviews or spoken to him but like you know he's about as laid back as you're gonna get but i mean yeah for any fighter i think that does provide an extra bit of pressure if you've got that on yeah. the street um and yeah. you never know how someone's gonna react to losing until they lose if that makes sense yeah yeah well i'm not i'm not one to think around it when i first lost i was crying my eyes out before i'd even mm. Before I even got out of the cage, I was sort of bubbling up already when I knew I'd lost. So when I got out there, I sort of quickly scuffled away where nobody could see me. And then that was it. I was pulling my eyes out. I ain't afraid to admit that. Because if you put as much in as I put in, it's like the end of the world when it happens.
things, but you've just got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off from it. I've lost at pro, and when I lost at pro, I wasn't even upset because it, I, I hadn't even done everything I could to um, win the fight. I'd sort of just let him win the fight, as, as bad as that sounds, and just sort of let him win the fight. I wasn't taking any damage, so I've seen it as a fight. I won't take any damage. It's fine. When I get my opportunities, I'm, I'm landing the damage. And that, then I had to sort of take a step back after it and think, like, nah, it's not a fight. It's not a fight to the death. There is a time limit on this fight. Yeah. It's a game we're playing at the end. So now uh, I used to just try strike all the time and try uh, anti-wrestle and just try land big shots, and I needed to be the one that was doing all the work. Now I'm, I'm getting smarter with it. I've learned to actually slow down a bit when I'm fighting now and pick shots better rather than have to win the round convincingly. If, I, if I'm going to steal the round from you, I'll steal it. I'm like, all right. If I need to get a bigger finish, I'll get a big finish towards the end. But as long as I'm winning, I'm, I'm, I'm ahead. I'll stay ahead. Yeah. It's good thinking. Man. Yeah. Well, then, so yeah. one of the questions we had was, what's more satisfying, uh, a knockout victory, a submission, or outpointing someone? Um, I don't know. I, want, I haven't had a clinical one-punch knockout, and I want it. Yeah? yeah, but I I don't I don't feel in myself. I've got that clinical one punch. I hit you. I'll switch your legs out before you hit the ground. I, I'm not uh, I'm not deluded. I, I've never done it, so I don't feel like I've got that shot in me. But I'd say I think if I had knocked someone out cold, I would say the knockout. A submission's nice. Uh, I've won by submission. I've won by TKO, and I've won by decision. Just a win. It doesn't matter how you win. But I do think if I had one punch knockout that'd be that'd be my go-to if i could do it yeah so yeah. um we'll stick with the uh, the mma questions just for now uh let's have a look what we see what we've got trying to find a good one um who do you uh, if when you look at the the kind of the mma scene like the british mma scene um yeah. whether it's within the ufc or cage warriors who do you see as the, the the next or the first potential british world champion since michael brispin um we've spoke about arnold allen jack shaw these sort of guys i think all of these have got the potential to sort of go up there well jack shaw's welsh so i don't know if you yeah. but i think arnold, arnold allen's got a good shot i think jack shaw i think um the uk guys are just getting a lot better and a lot more clever and strategic wise a lot better i think i think everybody in the world's getting better but uh the uk just seem to be jumping up leaps and bounds quite fast so yeah i think these guys can do it i think i can do it um there's 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 so many even amateurs and guys that just turned pro i think like we that we've all got the potential to uh, do these it just depends how we have it on the night but yeah there's 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 a lot there's a lot of guys this Guys who have had one pro fight and I think to myself, "Fucking, that'd be a hard fight, man." If that come up, mm. uh, yeah. yeah. The British scene, I think, is insane for talent. Like you look at the guys yeah. who are kind of just going into the UFC now. You look at the guys at the top of the Cage Warriors now, and then you look at the guys kind of just under that in Cage Warriors, and then like I listen to to Danny and to uh, Richard Shaw and other coaches talking about the talent like you just said which are, are currently amateurs who are going like, to yeah. turn pro in a, a year or two and um it's you know you'd like to think that maybe 
in sort of by like five years from now, they would just be yeah. like a lot of British fighters in the top 10 and holding titles within the UFC because the scene just looked, there's so much talent there. Um, I think I think so, yeah. What about, yeah. uh, what else have we got? So one of the questions we had about was, was, um, was weight cutting. Um, yeah. And they said, how much weight or what weight do you walk around at and how much do you have to cut to fight? Do you find it hard? And uh, could the world of MMA do, what could the world of MMA do to make it weight cutting safer? Um, so I used to walk around at about 85 kilos all the time, but listen, this is, this is, some people go, oh yeah, I'll fight at 66 and I'll walk around near 90 and I'm like, yeah, but are you a real near 90 or are you just a big fat fucker because you're eating loads of shit? Because me at 84, I went fit, I was, I was a fat fucker, simple as that. Like I'd take my top off and you'd think, fucking you're in all right shape, ain't you? But I knew in myself, this isn't the size I should be, like. When I'm when I get to about 77, 76, I walk around about 77, 76 kilos, and that's me training twice a day. Like I'm pretty cut that way. Um, but if I was going to be really strict and on it, like some people, I think I could get down to walking around at sort of 73, 74 kilos. Uh, I've done some cuts where I've cut from 72 kilos to 66 the night before. I've done some cuts where I've woke up at 68 kilos and I've had to cut to 66. So it all just depends and. And it's just how dedicated you are with it, to be fair. So when people, I've had loads of people come to me, oh, what weight do you fight? And I'm like, 66. I'm like, fucking hell, you're big for 66, isn't you? And I think I'm just dedicated. If I really wanted to, I'm, 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 people say this to me, Trink, you can get down to 61. If I really said to myself, I'm going to make 61 kilos, I would make it. Like, there's no if, no buts, of it, maybes. I would, I'd make 61. If I, if I, I know myself, that's not, that's not, like a smart thing to do because I can, yeah. but I'm saying if I wanted to make 61, I would make it, but I know I'd sacrifice too much. Me getting to 66 is quite a big weight cut. I'm quite a big guy walking around. I'm five foot 11. I walk around at 77, 78 kilos. So my cuts are, my cuts are big, but they're not actually hard because I do it smart. I do it from a while out. Uh, yeah. I don't leave it last minute. Like I used to I do it for a, I'm pretty bang on it. I'm consistent with everything, all the cardio, all the running, the dieting. I'm, I, especially when I've got a fight, I can be like, that. that's it. I'm done with bad food now. Bam, that's me diet. I've got a fight. I can just switch on like that. And I think it's just because I'm so obsessed with it. I want to I wanna watch myself back and, and be like, yeah, yeah, that was good. I don't want to watch myself back and be like, ah, oh, could have done this, could have done that. I'm that weird guy when I have a fight, I watch it back about 50 times. People go, are you watching your fight back again? I'm like, yeah, yes. and I think the thing is, you get out what you put in, don't you, as well? And it's um, like, if you kind of don't put in maybe the dedication to the weight cut or to your preparation for in a fight camp, and then you lose in a yeah. close decision, you're always going to yeah. be in the back of your head like, uh, you know, did I really put everything into that? Or, you know, did I kind of half-ass it? Or did I... 100%. Did I take it as seriously as I should have? So it's like it's about having like no regrets, I guess. Um, yeah, hundred percent. So what? Another question relating to the weight weight cutting was: um, Why do fighters? Why don't more fighters just fight at the weights that they're naturally at? Why do they drop? Like, why do why do they cut weight? 
I just think it's I just think it's as simple as this. If eighty percent of us started fighting at the fight we walk around at, the twenty percent that cut would probably beat the eighty percent of us that are cutting the weight. And it's just as simple as that. Unless they put a ban in place or an actual rule where you have to you know, like one does with the um hydration tests and stuff like that. Unless yeah, yeah. we physically have something like that involved, we ain't gonna do it because I know from experience from myself I will do everything I can to win. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying sort of thing. So if I know I can cut weight and I can come in bigger than you, I'm going to do it. I mean, like taking steroids and all that, that's just, uh, there's that thing before, like if you kill someone when you are on steroids in a fight, you should be trialed for murder. I do believe all that sort of stuff. But I think any advantage people can do that's legal, they're going to do it. So if I think to myself, someone says, oh, the guy you're fighting walks around at 66 kilos, I'll be like, cheers then, mate. Like I'll do yeah. me smash because I know for a fact I'm going to be far too big for you at 66 kilos. I mean, I'm a big guy at 66 kilos now. Even on my last fight in Cage Warriors, the co- it was a catchweight, and the commentators are like, fair play to Common Day. Like, you can see Jordan's physically massive compared to him. Common Day normally fights at 66. I think I normally fight at 66 kilos. Yeah. So why, so, was, yeah, that uh, when, why was that when a catchweight? Because he was a late So that was because I had, yeah, I had someone else booked. I had a guy called Lewis Monarch booked. Then he sort of pulled out. Well, well then he pulled out. And then it was, am I fighting? Am I not? You've been dieting for twelve weeks. I'm like, I'm gonna eat some ba- some some bad food. I'm so depleted that my body sucked it all up. My weight is going up, down, here, there, and everywhere. I don't know what's happening. Um, so in the end, I just to, to ease myself a bit, I said, uh, oh, can I just make it a catch weight? Uh, 150 pounds. I'm sure the catch weight was. And again, I had to cut weight to 150 pounds. I'm not walking around 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. I still need to cut a good amount of weight to get to that um, weight. Uh, and it was just the sort of right thing to do last minute was to cut. Uh, I felt a bit bad for that common day that I fought because I was huge compared to him and thinking, oh, bloody hell. It's, he mm. sort of said, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do it at 150 pounds. When I come in, I remember looking at him thinking, bloody hell, even if I was knackered, I think I'd just grab hold of you and you'll never do it. Uh, so um, what, um, what sort of music do you like? Any. Any. Do you know what? Uh, I actually run listening to like country music and all sorts. I can't even lie to you. Yeah, you yeah, like, yeah. Any... You like Oasis or the Beatles? Well, I haven't really. I've never thought to myself, I'm going to listen to Oasis. I'm going to like go out my way and listen to the Beatles. Yeah. Oasis. What? Oasis. I know some songs from the Oasis. I think I probably know some songs lyric wise from them, but I haven't ever gone out my way and thought I'm going to listen to that. I'm just on Spotify and I just start playing that playlist and. That's it. 80s music, anything. I'll just play the songs. Do you listen yeah. to different stuff depending on, like, if you're in the gym or if you're running or... Like, no, not really, because some... No, not really, because sometimes I'm running and I'm thinking, I'm running at such a slow pace. Why is this? And then I realise because I've got, like, love songs on and it's not <laughs> a very high tempo. I'm sort of running along to the pace of the music. Oh, by uh, myself. Just like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, think, think, thinking about bloody... <laughs> My mate sexes, do you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. that side listening to Yeah. Um what's your favourite song to walk out to? Uh I I've changed it every single time I thought. I've never come out to one. I remember I had one song. It was like a tiny temper song randomly. And I remember I played it and I really envisioned this fight. It was my fifteenth fight actually. Really envisioned it. It all went exactly how I wanted it, went in there and lost my fight. But I reckon if I won that fight that had been my walkout song forever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've just always just changed it ever, ever since. Last time I come out to Professor Green, uh, Jungle, and 
the sort of woman at Cage Wars was like, you look like Professor Green a little bit, actually. You want to give him my organism? Like, oh, I think a lot of people think I'm going to stick to that, but I'll change it again. I just change it. Sometimes I'm just driving, a playlist is playing on Spotify, something will play, and I'll think to myself, yeah, that'll be a walkout song. That's as simple as I do it. Awesome. So, um, yeah. Uh, what else we got? Tattoos. You have several, lots. How many yeah. do you have? How many tattoos have you got? Uh, I couldn't sort of count to you and say, because if we went off that, I'd be like, there's one tattoo, there's two, yeah. there's three, there's four. I'm just, I'm probably about, uh, probably not that much. I'm probably about 50, no, about 40% covered. I'm not actually that much. It's just because they're spread out in good areas. It looks like I'm covered more. I want to be really covered in them, to be fair. Uh, yeah. And that's probably influenced by uh, my mate, Dan. When I started, he was a bit, he was sort of where I wanted to be. Had a couple of fights. He's covered in tattoos. And then, I just started getting covered in them. And when I'm getting tattoos, people go, oh, that's a nice tattoo, isn't it? And then ever since that, I just got covered. Now I do it for myself. I just like being covered. Danny always says, yeah, you get tattooed, so you look hard. I'm like, I don't. I just like I like the yeah. look of my body when I'm tattooed, yeah. Tattoos are addictive, though. I say yes. that all the time. Like, like, I've only got a couple. And, like, both times when I had them done, like, straight away, I wanted to have more. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, people say to me, oh, do you like the pain tattoos? I'm like, no, I hate it. When I get in a tattoo chair, I literally think to myself, why the fuck am I getting tattooed again? But then when you're finished and it healed, you're like, yeah, I want another one. You sort of forget the pain after two weeks. I've had the back of my head tattooed and everything. Uh, What have you got on the back of your head? I've just got a big mandala pattern. I've got my neck literally tattooed all the way. You can't really see it with the light, but I've got my neck tattooed all the way right up to my... I've got my fingers done right to the bottom. Uh, Yeah, I've got... When I put my MMA gloves on, you can't really see it, but I've got fearless so when i'll have my mma gloves on it covers the top part of my hand and literally you just i've got fearless sticking out so i always when i'm getting my hands wrapped i always see that as well just before yeah. i'm wild fights that's a good little thing cool so if, um, yeah yeah i want to yeah. get um i want to get like the whole of my well i want to have sleeves basically or i want to get my left arm sleeve before my birthday next year yeah because i keep putting it off like not yeah. because of any reason other than yeah I know, so I know what I want within my sleeve. I know like certain things that I want involved in it, but yeah. I'm shit at art. So I need yeah. someone to like design, put my ideas into this sleeve. And it's, yeah. it's harder than you think because I'm 100%. so bad at explaining stuff. I'm so vague. It's like, look, I want like this date and I want this, this hard and i want this thing in this way yeah i need you to tell me how you are going to put it into a tattoo sort of thing but um yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll get there I, i've set myself i'm 40 next november like a 2021 yeah so i've set myself yeah. a target that i will get it done before then but we'll see yes we'll see i I'll probably will put it off for some some uh some unknown reason have you got a favorite tattoo uh no no, I haven't. No. I got one. I got, I don't know what, right? I got one. I hadn't, I've never really put that much effort into tattoos, like thinking of them. I've just sort of gone with the flow. But I got a um, a black Jaguar in an octagon on my hand. Uh, and I thought that was my thing. Like, I thought a Jaguar was uh, like one of the deadliest cats. It's not the biggest, blah, blah, blah. All this thing. Got it in an octagon. And then I was off training for a day. And then I got. Um, Balls. So I thought I'm going to go to the gym anyway. Went to the gym, wrapped my hands, 
uh, hit the boxing bag uh, for like 10 rounds, come off and ripped the majority of it out. So you can't even tell what it looks like. It just looks like a blur now. But yeah, that was probably, it would have been my favorite tattoo, but now it's just a blur. And when people see it, they're like, that's some shit tattoo. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it looked it, it look good. Yes, um, it looked, it, the thought of it was good, but now, uh, yeah, my backgrounds. But that just shows you how impatient I am with training. I just needed to train a thought of fucking tattoo. So, have you got one which is like uh, like weird um, or like just, I don't know, like just yeah got, like, yeah you know, just like uh, like like uh, like a i don't know something stupid like a durex symbol or something you know like people <laughs> have, like really weird ones no i haven't got anything like that um i've got actually i've got my uh i don't know if you've seen it the epidemic i've got like a certain way it's been um um made for me i've got that tattooed on my left bicep to be fair that's one of my favorite that's probably my favorite tattoo yeah I got it done just before the pro fight I lost. And my, my plan was when I won it, I was going to tend to my arm and point to the tattoo, but I didn't get a chance to do that because I got beat. Um, I haven't really, I've got, I've got pretty shit tattoos. What well, actually I've got one sleeve that's terrible and I've got one sleeve that's really good. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm covered in shit tattoos. If I'm honest with you, yeah, but I'm not really it now. I've got that many. You can't tell they're that shit. What was the worst one? Like the word, apart from like the one that you ruined on your hand, which would have been uh, good. Probably my chest piece. It's all just pretty much blacked out now. Uh, I've, I've come from training anyway, so I ain't got a top on and this thing. But I've pretty much just got a whole black chest now. It's been sort of blacked out as much as I could get it done. Uh, probably that because I had a tattoo done that was a really bad tattoo. What was uh, the and then it, tattoo then? It was a it was a tiger with three eyes randomly. I don't know why it was just a rat and it was black and white so it was like an it was like a comic i don't know do you know what this is this is it's a funny story with it as well i was sort of young i, I, was, I was i was 17 so i'm not even allowed to get tattoos so when i sort of got Sorry. it done I had, to, I had to just take whatever he was gonna give me right i always say it's a funny story i've got two I, I, oh, i've got two stories i'll tell you this one after so we're getting my chest tattoo done he shows me it. He says, I want this, right? So I'm like, all right, you just put it on me. Right? So he sticks it on me. He takes a step back. He takes a long pause. He puts his hand on his, on his um, chin like this. He's looking at me. And his face, he went, and then he went, yeah, it will do. And I remember my head thinking, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, if even he's going, yeah, that will do. I thought to myself, it's probably not straight or anything. And I've got a funny tattoo. I got tattooed when I was like 15. I get uh, behind my mum's back. I got tattooed on my back. And it was a guy that would come round your house and tattoo you. This is why I don't care with tattoos anymore. So picture the scene. He's in my house, or he's in my mate's house. He's tattooing my back. He has a he has a, a weed joint in his mouth. He's got smoke in one of his eyes. He's tattooing mm -hmm. me like smoke in his eyes. He, he puts a stupid Chinese symbol on me and, and writing underneath mine. So he's got smoke in his eyes. He's tattooed me. He finishes the tattoo. He goes, all done, mate. I'm like, cheers, boss. He's like, Reads me the tattoo and I goes, doesn't say that. It goes, it does. I'm reading it off your back. I'm like, he missed out like five words from this sentence. Jeez. He must have that high. So I've got, a, I've actually got a sentence on my back that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and a Chinese symbol. I didn't even know what it meant. My mate pretended to me and said this grand said it means like uh, rice and peas or something like that. But she translated it. She said it means um, strength or something along those lines. So at least the Chinese symbol actually means 
something half yeah. decent. Yeah. Jeez. And then I've got that. That yeah, but yeah, I've had some bad things with tattoos. So, so what was your mother's reaction when she found out that you'd had your back tattooed age fifteen? Well I got well, I got my neck and back tattooed on the exact same time. So when I walked in with a neck tattoo, she, I remember she just went like, Oh for God's sake and and it was my mum's boyfriend at the time was like, Oh you fucking idiot blah 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 This is probably the MMA or anything. He's like, You fucking fucked it for yourself, blah blah blah. So I'm lucky I sort of took this uh the line of work I did or I'd probably be in a factory right now. So um, I just, uh, just, just uh, while you were talking, then I was just having a look to see if I could see this, uh, this three-eyed tiger tattoo, and you'll be happy. Yeah, to you'll know, be able to find it. You'll be happy to know that I found it. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's your page, your image on uh, Tapology. They still got that instead uh, of the most it's recent bad, one. Isn't it? And and even there was two skulls next to it. And I did not want them skulls, but I showed him a skull, and it was quite a good one. And he went. Ah, that's rubbish, that is. I'll give you this one. But the one I wanted was sort of where they don't use outlines. The way all tattoos are now, realism, that's how I want it. But me thinking to it, well, he's a tattooist. He knows what he's on about. Now I think back to it, he was just shy and didn't know how to tattoo that. <laughs> so he put two shitty skulls on either side of me, and you can still see them now. It doesn't matter. So, wait, wait, so yeah, they need, to, they need to update that picture, there man. Is. There he is. Look. Oh, Jesus. You can't quite see it. Yeah, I but can't look zoom in. You know what though? It was probably it was probably better then than it is now. <laughs> oh Jesus, to, man! Yeah. I'm trying to zoom into it, but you can't for some reason because it just takes you to the takes you to the link. But then you can see the updated yeah. version is uh, I don't know. It's basically blacked out. Yeah, I'm just like a big black. Um, yeah, just got a big black chest now. It's pretty much it. See, that looks alright though. I think I, I yeah. know, that looks quite cool. But uh, yeah, I'm not so I'm not so sure about the the original. I gotta say, that's a bit. Nah. Yeah. I'm not feeling I'm that one. Yeah, no. But there we go. Right. Um. So t- tattoos. We talk music. Lots, lots to talk about. But um, I could, talk, I could talk about tattoos all, all day long, mate. I'll be honest. Um. Yeah. Do, do you follow any um any other sports other than MMA? Nah, I'd be lying to you if I said I did. Not really. Maybe boxing a little bit, but I'm not in depth with it. I sort of only know boxing when there's a big name um, yeah. on, like Alvarez or a Fury. When it's like um, these these guys that are still famous, are still earning bloody tenfold work, I probably am ever going to earn. And I don't know who they are. I have no idea who they are. Okay. Yeah. So not really MMA. It's the obsession with MMA and... Nothing and else. I don't really watch MMA live events. My sort of thing is, I pick a fighter, and it's sort of right. I watch one of his fights. I watch him all a couple of times, and I'll pick another fighter. And then, and again, I go through weird stages. I was watching a guy, Gregor Gillespie, who's in the UFC. He's a really sick yeah, wrestler. Yeah. He just got knocked out. I went for his, and then for a month in the gym, all I was doing was taking everybody down. No striking. People are like, what are you doing? You never take anybody down randomly for a whole. Um, month i'm taking people down and i'm head and arm choking everybody and i'm doing submissions i don't normally do and then next thing i'm watching uh like that uh magomed uh, no what's his name magomed sharipov whatever his name oh, is yeah, a beat yeah. i'm watching it and the next thing i'm trying to do spinning kicks in the gym and stuff like that i've just always just sort of take the, the best bits i can from each guy that's sort of what i plan to do but I, I sort of write people down even like even your jack shaw uh I, i've i've, I've 
studied him for like a solid week and, and seen what he does good and what he does bad, blah, blah, blah. So it doesn't even matter if they're not even ranked. If I think that they've got a good game, I'll study them. I'm just a weirdo like that. No, I think um, it makes sense, mate, because like with mixed martial arts, it's so different to any other sport, you know? Because yeah. like with other sports, it's like it's more streamlined in what you can like train and learn and and, and yeah. that sort of stuff with MMA it's, it's so broad that you know you can literally you can learn of everyone you can learn so many different you know if you've got the motivation to to learn every yeah. martial art in the in the world and create your own new ones you can do you know what I mean it's, yeah um, if, if I'm watching if I'm only watching the guys that are famous and the guys everybody else is watching we're all gonna be the same if i'm watching the guys that ain't famous yet but i think their game's wicked i'll be doing stuff that they ain't seen yet where's he got that from like um peter yan i knew of peter yan before he was even in the ufc i knew of him when he was in the acb i thought he was wicked back then his fights with magomed magomedov i thought were crazy uh, so when he got to, i was saying to people when he came into the ufc oh, he'll win the belt trust me and people were like oh yeah whatever then he thought uh the guy from team alpha male knocked him out i'm like i've told you they just do this to everybody, and he has. Uh, and I, I only come across him because I fought on ACB, and I sort of looked who the champs were, and he was like, the, he was the champ at the weight class below. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my thing. I think he's going to beat Aldo. I love Aldo, but I think uh, Jan's going to smoke him. Yeah, interestingly, he uh, he called out Jack Shaw yesterday. Uh, did Peter? Yeah, he said he said Peter yeah. Jan. Yeah, he said um, that Jack wouldn't fight his cornerman or something. And then Graham, um, uh, where, what's his last name, Boland, Boylan, he stuck up yeah. for him. So fair play to him. He was a good manager sticking up for him. Yeah, I um, I, I saw not just that, but also uh, like Jack's dad, Jack, they all kind of said bullshit. You know, it's just yeah. like he would, you know, Jack, I think one of the problems that Jack actually has is that people, people keep pulling out of um, uh-huh. You know, they keep pulling out fights against him because I don't think a great deal of people perhaps want to fight him. He's got the, he's got such a big reputation. He's obviously got on that unbeaten tear. Um, yeah. The other person uh, who's unbeaten is uh, someone who trains with BST also, and that's uh, Modestus. I'm not even going to try and butcher his surname, but Modestus Bukash. I always struggle with that, his, with his surname. But, uh, he's, not, he's not unbeaten. He's not unbeaten, is he? I thought he was. Oh, he's, oh, 11, he's, nah, he's, nah, he's 11 and 2. Nah. Oh, oh, there we go. I, like, I, like I said to you before the interview, I've started, Modestas is an animal. Like, through and through, you can't, you can't even just take it away from the guy. He's just a, an animal. When we do the wall wrestling shark tanks, I just can't even get a bite on anything. And, and yeah, it, okay, he outweighs me by like 40 kilos, but it's not actually that because it's technically I can't get the bite on him. Even a big guy, if I'm able to sort of pick up a hard single leg, and then you must out of it. I, I sort of know, yeah, fair play. I can't even pick the guy's leg up. Maybe because they're like big tree chunks. I can't get arms around them. But he doesn't even let you get in to get the bite. Uh, and then you're watching him spar. It's just... Um, Medesas is one of the rare uh, heavy, like heavier guys that a lighter guy can take parts away from him because he, he can do the things a lighter guy can do. Like, I wouldn't watch Derek Lewis and think I'm going to get tips on how to fight from Derek Lewis because I'm never going to be that big. Uh, but a lighter guy can watch Modestas because he can do all these these things that the lighter guys can do. He looks like a, a featherweight 
that's just um, took a growth pill and got massive, doesn't he? That's what he yeah. looks like, the way he moves. And, he's, yeah, um, guy's just an animal. He's so creative as well with the strikes and stuff, and he, he's, do you know what I mean? He's yeah, like, um, but he's so easy to wind up as well. Is he? That's the, that's the thing I like about him. Yeah, I'll get, if you had, if they did a UFC embedded in our gym, you, I tell you, you'd be pissing yourself. He's so easy to wind up, man. Uh, but he takes it good. He's he's got good banter as well. He gives it back as well. So yeah, yeah I've had him. I, I've had him on for. A, he did an unscripted, uncensored, and he had. Um, he came on the Danny show as well, and you know, yeah. I got to say, like top lad, couldn't yeah. speak highly enough of him. Like he's just nice bloke, like. But um, he yeah, he's so uh, he's so big and creative. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he what he does in his UFC debut just because you know he's been waiting so long for it that he will have um, yeah yeah he's, he's gonna be real interesting to see what he comes up with to try and do you know what I mean just try and um yeah I don't know what the word is like just to try and make a statement and impress you yeah. know um so that'd well, be... he's, he's so used to he's so used to me taking the piss out of him all the time I went out to him one day training I went to him with Estas and says I'm going to shake your hand, mate. And he's like looking at me going, oh, for fuck's sake, thinking I'm going to terrorize. And I'm like, fair play to you. I said, your Cage Warriors debut, you got knocked out cold, didn't you? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, and now look at you, mate. You're the world champion. I went, so fair play to you for that. And you could see he was a bit like, fuck you now. Like, he's not really terrorizing me. Normally I'd be like to him, I'm going to fucking knock you out. Like, you got knocked out. So, yeah. But fair play to him. To, to go UFC debut, you get knocked out cold as well, like a bad knockout. Next thing, he's the, the champion of the UFC. He's defending his belt. He's on the way to UFC. So, props to him. You, you can't take that away from him, no matter who you are. No, spot on, mate. Um, okay, yeah. so we've got um, a few questions to finish off. Um, yeah. Let's have a look. Who would, uh, or is there a way that Conor McGregor can be, could be even a rematch? Yeah, if he goes away for about five years and, and wrestles like fucking some mad country. Uh, nah, I can't see it. I think Khabib's just got that mentality of he's just going to... And, and, and you don't know what's going to happen with Khabib now, with, his, with the recent passing of his dad and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's all, yeah, it's all crazy what's going to happen because he was sort of the guy that got Khabib where he is. I know he's gone to AKA and stuff like that, but his dad was one of the big key parts. You're just going to have to see what happens with... Um, how that all plays out now. I don't think Khabib's written anything, has he? Uh, he hasn't gone social media or anything, so I don't know. Well, no, I don't think... Unless Conor McGregor catches him with that one shot and just sleeps him. And again, Khabib's going to lose soon. And if he retires now, then obviously not. But if Khabib keeps fighting within the next 10 fights, he's going to lose because no one's unbeatable in this game. Someone can clip him. Someone can catch him. It could be probably the guy you never think's going to do it. Can do it. Michael Johnson clipped him right at the beginning. So... Yeah, yeah. It, that's it, why it, I was looking possible. forward to that Gaethje fight. Um, yeah, because I felt like Gaethje is just on fire at the moment. He's just an animal, and I thought, like, yeah. if he if he catches him clean, then maybe he be, he could be the guy to do it. But you just when you listen to the pros, when you listen to the pros talk about Gaethje, they say his wrestling is just another level. If he wrestles with you, he's like one of the worst wrestlers. But they reckon that it takes it out of his gas tank when he wrestles. So yeah, you just you, you're gonna have to see. I said this to Danny um, recently. I said nobody's actually gone into the UFC and looked to take Khabib down. I wonder how the fight would come out then. I mean, again, I've studied Khabib. Abel Trujillo uh, took him down, but Khabib's 
um, guard game was probably the most aggressive guard game I've ever seen in life. He was throwing submissions up crazy, so I think he's just fucking slick everywhere. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, well, actually, saying this, have you ever watched Khabib versus um, who's the Brazilian who's proper geared up back in the day? Gleison Tebow. Have yeah. you ever watched Khabib versus Gleison Tebow? Gleison Tebow won that fight. Gleison Tebow won that fight. It's, it was... It was a hard fight, but Khabib didn't take him down once. Yeah. Uh, you jacked up. He's been on the Mexican supplement big time, man. He is <laughs> in crazy shape. So even yeah. if he won that, it wouldn't have been real because Khabib was probably clean and he definitely won. Definitely yeah. won. I could have to, I might, um, yeah, I might have a look. And, uh, yeah, well, so it's a boring fight, though, but. If you watch it, you'll think Gleason wins. Even Khabib's got his head down at the end thinking he's lost. Now, when he wins, he's sort of like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'll have to, I'm going to have to, 100%, I'm going to have a look at that. Uh, yeah. Fight and just have a little nose. Um, who is the biggest dickhead you've met in MMA so far? Oh, biggest dickhead. Um... Oh, I don't know. There's loads of them. Fucking, it's full of it. Um, like personally, whoever met this is a dickhead. Um, oh, my mate Haddy at training. He's the biggest dickhead because you know why? He's got all the potential in the world, but he's just a lazy bastard. Uh, but saying that, we've we've told him off recently, and it's given him a bit of a kick up the arse, and he has been on it. But who's uh, the biggest dickhead? I don't know. Yeah, probably Haddy because he was so much wasted potential. And Nick Hayes, I've got to drop this into him. This, this is funny. He used to say to everybody, oh, there's no way anybody could knock me out. Like, I honestly believe that it's physically impossible to knock me out. Blah, blah, blah. Like, my chin's so good, my head's so big. And then this next fight, he got knocked out. So that is actually quite a funny story for him as well. But dickhead-wise, I've never really met a, a proper arsehole. Even, yeah. even the sort of fighters that are going to come across like they're arseholes, it's just for show. And that's probably what they do to make themselves feel a bit more, more confident in themselves. So you can't take it away from them. When they chat shit, stuff on social media they probably do it probably helps them their own self it grows their confidence I've always been I, I always talk people up I'd rather say my guy's 100 times better than what he is than he's shit some people have to say yeah he's shit that's what gives them confidence whereas I'm always like nah he's fucking good this guy is man and, uh, people might look at me and go fuck off I go shit he's like and I'm like he's fucking sick mate he's yeah. fucking wicked he is. yeah no, nah, I've not really met a dickhead uh, yet in MMA yet because never say never Sure you will. Yes, sure I'm definitely sure. Um, and uh, what's the what's your where what's been your favourite place that you've fought so far? Um, favourite place I've fought so far. Probably, definitely. Well, yeah, definitely my Cage Warriors debut. Um, at the is it NEC Arena, but in Birmingham. That's Again, because I've ever envisioned it so much, I've always wanted to wear the yellow gloves. I've always wanted to be under the big banner that's above the cage and cage warriors. So when I had that fight, it felt like I'd already had that fight a million times over. I sort of I pictured everything already. So that was good. That was you know like stuff coming to fruition. That was one of them things where I was like, shit, man. Like I imagined this years ago. Like so for it to actually come to actually look down and have them yellow gloves was just like another level and and. When I make it to the UFC again, it's going to be a, another thing. I'm like, fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, like, I've, I've, got, I've, got, I've got 
got a weird thing. I haven't really said, like said this to, to people before. So I've, I was always I was always able to imagine a cage warrior's belt on me. Look down and see a cage warrior's belt. But with the UFC, I used to never be able to, and it was a weird thing. I used to think I can't fucking imagine myself with UFC. Maybe I'm not. And then they changed the belt, and now I can't imagine it. And as, as weird as that sounds, it was always like a weird thing in my head. Like, I can't physically imagine myself with that belt. When they changed it, as weird as it sounds, it was like, yeah, that's why I never imagined myself with that belt because it was not meant to be, it wasn't ever going to be around. So there's a little crazy thing for you. There you go. So yeah, it seems like a good question to finish on then. Uh, yeah. JD asks, where do you see yourself in five years' time? 100% in the UFC, like without a doubt in my mind, I'll be in the UFC in five years. Um, I don't know whereabouts in the UFC, uh, but I know I'll be in it, like 100%. Um, there's literally no two... When people say to me, you need something to fall back on, I'm literally like, no, I don't. Like, I know where I'm going to be. I don't need any. What about if you get injured? I'm like, I'm not going to. Like, I know where I'm going to be. That's it. So I've always just had that that distilled in me. I've always known. Uh, even and, and even before I even thought, of, uh, when I, in the beginning when I was thinking, I was just doing it for, like, just have a couple of fights, blah, blah, blah. When I was meeting top trainers, they'd say, like, convincingly, yeah, you, you'll be in the UFC, mate. And I'm like, directing they're like, obviously, like, as if, as if, like, they're insulted, like, obviously you're going to be in the UFC. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was quite a good thing. The first sort of high-level guy that said that to me was Nathan Levitt and said it to my mate Dan. He said, um, Dan sort of said, yeah, I wanna, we want to sort of make it to the UFC. And he said, he said, no, no, I think you can both make it to the UFC. He said, but I think Jordan will be a world title chaser. And that's, and that, and for him to say that, he's a really humble guy. I was like, fucking hell, man. When Dan told me, I was like, this is good. Especially for me not even to be there. For him to say, like, nah, I think Jordan will be like a world title chaser, like 100%. Yeah, yeah. And normally you'd milk the guy that's in front of you, wouldn't you? You'd say, yeah, yeah. you, you, he'll be, he's yeah, alright, yeah. but you'll be fucking really good. So, yeah, that was a good thing. Yeah, there you go. That's, uh, that's cool. And, uh, yeah, it shows they got faith in you, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, tell the people where they can find you on social media, mate. Uh, just Jordan Pachanek on Instagram. Uh, I've, I've got, like, some athlete pages on Facebook. Again, Jordan the Epidemic Pachanek. But, uh, yeah, Instagram's the main thing I'm using. I'm going to try to get a bit more active on it. Obviously, can't do much now with the gyms all closed. But when the gyms are back open... And I've got fight news and I've got hard work and all that ready to be posted. It will be posted. So, yeah. Um, yes. oh, that was the other thing which I missed. Um, you just reminded me then. Where did the, the nickname The Epidemic come from? So, uh, I was at a fight show once. The commentator said, come in. He said, what's your fight name? And I says, I ain't really got one. Um, and he says, okay, blah, blah, blah. Then he goes, you're... you're uh, Jordan Vachanik, I'm like, yeah, he's like, bloody hell, you, uh, he says, yeah, you're definitely Jordan the Epidemic Vachanik, that's your name, laughing, blah, 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 and he was like, you're that bloody guy that comes to the shows and beats everybody's top boy, isn't you? you come in and bloody beat the guys everybody wants to win, blah, 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 I was like, yeah, 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 and I didn't think nothing of it, because I said to him, yeah, you'll never get a nickname, because normally it's like a VV, isn't it, like the, yeah. Jordan Vicious Vachanik or something like that, blah, blah, blah. Then uh, yeah, he announced me Jordan the epidemic for Chenick, and it just sort of stuck from there. And now I've got a tattoo; I can't take it away. So yeah, now I've, I've just got to be the epidemic, especially when well, we're in a pandemic now, aren't we? So uh, people probably think, "Fuck that guy! I want him to lose." <laughs> just because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's 
it's kind of cool, isn't it? Um, okay, yeah. uh, guys, you can see uh, Jordan's show with Danny Batten show. We have a new episode of the Danny Batten show every Wednesday. However, uh, when the UFC midweek cards are happening, I think it's next week or the week after, the, over the next couple of weeks, we're doing a live show Sunday and then a live show on the Thursday after the Wednesday card. So uh, come and join us. We're going to be talking about uh, the various things. And uh, we're going to be talking UFC 251. There's loads and loads, loads of UFC cards coming up. And, uh, of course, we'll have new guests and analysts and shows and series. YouTube.com slash Ace Podcast Nation. And uh, you can find the audio versions at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. All of them, everywhere. And um, follow us on social media. You've got Twitter, at AceCast underscore Nation. Instagram, Ace Podcast Nation. And Facebook.com slash AceCast Nation. For the latest news, guests, and live shows. Jordan, thank you, mate. I appreciate your time. It's a pleasure, mate. Thank you. It's always a good, uh, good, good to have a chat, mate. I enjoyed it big time. And um, yes, I'm sure I sh- we'll have you back on the Danny Batten show, no doubt, soon anyway. Yeah, hundred percent. Cheers, buddy. All right, mate. Thank you for that. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.